3: Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high-fiver? I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void by law. See terms and conditions 18 This is Albert
0: Barrier from the MMQB.com, and you're listening to Play Like a Chat.
3: From Joe Namath's Super Bowl guarantee. I got news for you, buddy. We're going to win the game, I guarantee it. To Ryan Fitzpatrick's contract holdout. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he has not shown up at camp. Where are we with Fitz versus the Jets? And everything in between.
4: They froze. It appeared that Marino was going to try and stop the clock instead. He connected for the fourth time with Mark Ingram. And it is juggling!
3: This is Play Like a Jet, your weekly look back at some of the best. The New
2: York Jets are the world champions. They have upset the Baltimore Colts and beat them handily here today.
3: And worse.
2: Vince Wilford is going to throw Brandon Moore back into his quarterback. He's going to fumble the football. Mark Sanchez not expecting it. And it was the backside of Brandon Moore
5: that knocked the ball out.
3: Moments in New York Jets history. So get ready to hop in your DeLorean and take a trip back in time.
5: Are you telling me you built a time machine Kind of a DeLorean?
3: For an in-depth look at the most memorable games, seasons, players, and events in the history of gangrene. It's time to play like a jet. Play like a jet? What does that mean? With your hosts, Scott Mason and Big John
6: Sparapolis. Welcome to Play Like a Jet, your weekly look back at the biggest moments in New York Jets history. My name is Scott Mason, alongside my tag team partner, six foot two, two 265 pounds, and a guy that if he won the Heisman Trophy, there would be no apologies because who would have the guts to confront him about anything? Mr. Big John Sparopoulos, what's going on, John?
1: Scotty, for the first time in a while, I'm doing great. As I said a few weeks ago on the show, I'm thankful for Sam Darnold, and boy, did he come up big this past week.
6: Sam Darnold looking mighty fine in the second half against the Buffalo Bills. Although, John, I have to say, you got to give it to the Buffalo Bills. For all the hoopla surrounding the Giants and how they passed on a quarterback and how they took Saquon Barkley, a generational running back, they still managed to miss out on the best running back in this draft, Josh Allen.
1: Scotty, that's true. As I was uh, looking over the stats I thought the Buffalo uh, Bills had two players named Josh Allen for a second when I saw all the rushing yards. Then I realized, nope, it was the same guy all along.
6: Incredible stuff, man. Josh Allen, just a marvel running the ball. He's going to probably get killed about midway through his second season if he keeps this up. But it is fun to watch if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, certainly. It's a nice change of pace from what you had, and people comparing it to Tyrod Taylor, who was a runner as well, but obviously Allen, a much more dynamic guy and much bigger and stronger, so there's that Cam Newtonish element to his game. Unfortunately, when he's throwing the ball, not so great. He had a couple of nice throws, but overall, very inefficient passing the football. In fact, John, wide receiver was throwing the ball a couple of times in this game, so you know that's not exactly a sign of complete confidence in his passing.
1: Yes, yeah, Scotty, whenever you got those trick plays in the game plan, you're obviously trying to trick people for a reason, and uh, maybe the 100% trust level of Josh Allen's accuracy isn't quite there yet.
6: He's a work in progress. We knew that all along, but his running is certainly there. We'll see if everything else comes along. But as far as Sam Darnold goes, that play where he was running to his left and threw the ball against his body and threw a perfect strike To Robbie Anderson for a touchdown was just absolutely fantastic. And then obviously the comeback at the end when he led the Jets on that drive to take the lead with under two minutes to go with the Elijah McGuire one-yard touchdown run on fourth down. John, this is why, in the lead-up to the draft, if you listen to Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks on the Move the Sticks podcast, they did all these scenarios. Which of these quarterbacks would you want in this scenario? Which of these quarterbacks would you want in that scenario? As far as who they would want to lead a game-winning drive at the end of a game, they both said Sam Darnold, and you could see very clearly why in this game against the Buffalo Bills.
1: Yes, Scotty, that's right. And um, I don't know which throw was more impressive than the one you described. Where I think he might have ran about 40 yards for that seven yard touchdown pass to Robbie Anderson. Or on that last drive, the long bomb to Robbie Anderson, where he dropped the dime right on the sideline. Scotty, this is why all the Jets fans are excited about young Mr. Sam Darnold.
4: Darnold to the air to begin the second, and finally able to complete to Robbie Anderson a good field position. You see Crowell walking towards the Jets locker room. Darnold, quick strike. It's Anderson. They're trying to down the field. Third and thirteen, officially. Darnold from the gun. The pass is caught Quincy and who has been quiet till this point. The rhythm going, and let him go out there and throw the football. So. Donald goes play action to begin the third quarter. This is Elijah McGuire breaking the initial tackle. Nicely done by McGuire. Spirit, you've got to try Ryan Lewis on this drive. You've got to try him. He's a backup in the game. And you've got to go take a shot over there and make him prove that he can cover. (laughs) Donald, little naked bootleg action and completes. That's a Nunwa for the Jets. 25 seconds of the quarter. Donald sweep and Donald on second and ten, looking right, high pass, and it is caught. Going to answer those endless questions about his job security as the Jets try to end this six-game losing streak. Donald on second and nine, able to find a Nuno on the sideline, but a Nuno is quickly wrapped up. Who's at Donald's right? Donald flushed out. Williams giving chase. Darnold escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires end zone. It's caught. Anderson. About off-schedule plays. Looking to his right for his tight end. Flushed out of the pocket. Kyle Williams can't get to him. Reverse field and you think this could be a disaster, but then he buys enough time to try and free some guys up against the Bills man coverage. Darnold quickly goes underneath. This is Cannon. And he will be well short. Darnold faking to McGuire. Throws to McGuire. Good start to the drive. Trent Murphy. Target land right around the 38 of the Bills. Darnold's pass is caught. That's Rashard Matthews. Force Darnold into mistake and get them out of field goal range. Darnold deep down the field. Anderson over the shoulder with a miraculous catch. A perfect ball thrown by Darnold.
6: Yeah, as I told Daryl Slater earlier this week on our post game report, I was yelling at the TV for Darnold to throw the ball into the stands, but he made something happen there. Just incredible that he was able to escape let alone throw that touchdown pass. A lot to look forward to for the Jets as far as the quarterback position goes. Now they've just got to make some changes at other positions. Although, John, I will say another encouraging thing, a guy who had underachieved for almost the entire season, two interceptions from Tremaine Johnson, who a lot of people were joking had stolen money from the Jets up until now. Last two weeks, three interceptions.
1: Scotty, I like to call it a Tremaine Johnson signing Uh Those are some expensive interceptions, but uh, hopefully he continues to play the rest of the year and the rest of his Jets career.
6: You'd have to hope that he continues to play well as time goes on because he had a rough going early on. The last two weeks he's picked it up a little bit, caused some turnovers, made some big plays. That's really what the Jets thought they were getting when they paid him. So we'll see what happens as the season progresses And as we head into 2019, what the Jets will do in the draft, what they'll do in free agency. But certainly an encouraging sign to see young Sam Darnold and some of the rest of these Jets, including, of course, Jamal Adams, really getting amped after this win. Did you see the highlight from the locker room of Jamal Adams going crazy, doing his celebration?
1: Scotty, unfortunately, I did not.
6: I'll send you the gift later. It's really amazing. Jamal Adams, for whatever you want to say about him, that dude cares like very few people do about winning. Football really is life for him, and it's phenomenal to watch if you're a fan, to have somebody that excited and somebody who takes it that personally when he wins and loses, which is what happened a lot with the 1968 Jets, at least according to John Schmidt, the center from that team who's joined us for the last seven weeks to break down that Super Bowl winning season. He said that back then he and his teammates were completely destroyed any time the team lost, and you could see it in the way he gets emotional when talking about those losses as he has over the last bunch of weeks. This week, John, we're getting into the postseason. We are going to start with the AFL Championship game, the rematch against Daryl LaMonica and the Oakland Raiders. If you recall, the Raiders had beaten the Jets earlier in the season in the famous Heidi game. This was the Jets' opportunity for revenge, so did the Jets get that revenge? Let's go find out and talk to John Schmidt as we get into Part 8 of our in-depth discussion on the 1968 season. What do you say, John? You ready to talk to John Schmidt?
1: Ah, geez, Scotty, I'd love to, but uh, I got to go run a personal errand.
6: You're going to go run a personal errand? What personal errand?
1: Well, Scotty, uh, it's come to my attention that the uh, Jets are playing on Saturday this week exclusively on the NFL Network in my area down here in the DFW. And, uh, Scotty, I don't think I get that channel, so I'm personally going to go talk to the cable company and see what I can do to uh, make sure I get the Jets this Saturday.
6: You don't get NFL Network. How do you watch the draft?
1: Scotty, it's covered by uh, other channels like ESPN, so I've been lucky uh, all this time, but, I mean, finally the uh, Jets are playing on a Saturday game, so, Scotty, I'm going to need to watch that game, so i got to go talk to the cable company.
6: Makes sense, although John, I got to ask you: Why are you going down there rather than just calling the cable company?
1: Uh, Scotty, I'm old school. I like to handle things face to face.
6: Fair enough, I guess. If you're in somebody's face at six foot two, two hundred sixty five pounds, a lot less likely they'll tell you no, right?
1: Scotty, uh, I believe uh, no, no truer words have been spoken.
6: <laughs> All right, John. Listen, as co-host of a Jets podcast and a die-hard Jets fan. I know that you really want to see this game, and why wouldn't you? So go ahead, head to the cable company, make sure that they give you NFL Network. I'll go talk to John Schmidt, and we'll meet back here after. How's that?
1: Scotty, as always, sounds like a plan. I'll talk to you soon.
6: So the game comes, and this is your opportunity to win and get into the Super Bowl. It was a tight-fought contest. The game's 13-10 at the half. Jets go up 20-13 in the third quarter on a 20-yard touchdown pass from Namath to Lamons. In the fourth, you're up 20-16, but Namath gets picked off by rookie George Atkinson at the Jets' 37, and it's run back all the way to the 5. Pete Banisak takes it in the next play on the ground to put the Raiders up 23-20. On the next drive, the Jets start on their own 32. From the 42, Namath lofts a bomb to Maynard that he brings in at the 10 yard line and gets tackled at the six. Maynard gets deep despite that sore left hamstring that we talked about before. It's still nagging him, but he finds a way anyway because he's Don Maynard and that's what he does. On the next play, Namath rolls right, hits Maynard, his fourth target on the play for the touchdown to put the Jets back in front, 27-23. The defense was able to secure the win. It
2: was the year of the Jets? Some said that the name of the game was Namath. Others simply said the Jets had finally gelled. But now that they would captured the East Division title, where would they go from here? How would they fare against a tough Oakland team that had knocked them off in the closing seconds of the famous Heidi game? If they got by them, how would they do in the Super Bowl, where the NFL had clearly asserted its superiority over its two previous AFL opponents? Well, first things first. First, the Jets had to play Oakland. And like all New York-Oakland games, it was a humdinger. Here we are early in the first quarter. The Jets with the ball and the Raiders 44. Snell and Boozer in the backfield and the Jets come out with a wide spread and a slant and pass goes to Maynard to the 30-yard line and he is downed immediately by George Atkinson. A penalty against Oakland then moved the ball to the Raider 20. First and 10 for the Jets. Two straight first downs for New York. Here's a handoff to Matt Snell. He bombs his way through the middle of the 15 down to the 14-yard line. And then the Jets struck. Namath back to pass on second down Throws for the end zone, touchdown for Maynard Turner for the extra point, it is good The score, Jets 7, Oakland nothing The Jets were fired up And the defense was determined to have its say as well Then the handoff goes to Charlie Smith Trying the power sweep right The blocking doesn't materialize He is thrown back on the 18-yard line by Al Atkinson The middle linebacker Back to throw goes Daryl Back backpedaling, throwing back up the middle, incomplete for Billy Ken, and the tight end, and almost intercepted by Al Atkinson. The Jet defense forced the Raiders to kick, and now the Jets' hard-running backs move the ball into field goal range. First down and 10 of the New York 44. Namath fakes to Snell, gives to Boozer. Boozer hits the left side, he's out to the 45, up to the midfield stripe, down to the 45-yard line, goes to the 43 of the Raiders before Willie Brown. Can bring him down. Namath hands off to Snell. He breaks up the middle down across the 30 to the 29-yard line, almost the 28-yard line. First down, New York. So from the 33. Here's the snap. The ball is down. The kick is on the way. And it is good. It is good. A 33-yard field goal by Jim Turner. At the end of the first quarter, the Jets led 10 to nothing, but not for long as Daryl LaMonica took the Raiders from their own 13 and hit Fred Volitnikov with a 29-yard scoring play to cap the march. The point was good, and now it was Jets 10, Oakland 7. Later in that period, the Jets took the ball on their own 33, and after gaining a first down, it was... Namath back to pass, gets hit as he lets that ball go, it's caught by Sauer on the 34-yard line. He's out of bounds on the 33. A few plays later, it was again Jim Turner's turn. Here's the snap, the ball is down, the kick is on the way, and it is good! It just barely made it! A 34-yard field goal, and the Jets now lead 13-7 with 3 minutes and 35 seconds left to play in the first half. But with time running out of the second quarter, Oakland came back with a field goal of its own, a 26-yarder by George Blanda. And so after an action-packed first half... It was the Jets 13, Oakland 10. The second half saw both teams playing no holes barred football. The Jets got nowhere after the opening kickoff, and they punted. Here's the snap. The kick is away. Curley tries not to get it too high. It's taken by Burt on his own 42, and he fumbles the ball. It's it. It is recovered in midair by New York on the 40. And the man who caught the ball was Mike Turner. But again, the Jets were stymying. And after the Jets stopped Oakland's next drive at the Jet 4, planned to boot it home a 9-yard field goal. It was all tied up. And frightening thoughts of the Heidi game came back to haunt the Jet fans. The Jets now took the ball of their own 20, a must series. Let's pick up some of the key plays. Third down, 11 for New York. Namath calling signals. Namath drops back to pass. And Birdwell after it. Namath throws to Boozer. He's got it on the 25. And he is out of bounds right there. Snell and Boozer in the backfield as the setbacks. Slot to the right, Sauer in the slot, Maynard wide, and the handoff goes to Matt Snell. Snell belts his way into the left side, goes for about 10 as Roger Bird from the secondary pulls him down. A big, big third down play for New York. Here's a handoff to Snell. Snell blasts his way for the first down, getting six yards. Namath bakes, throws, slant into Sauer jumping catch on the 41-yard line of Oakland, and down he goes, and Willie Brown making the tackle. Namath fakes the handoff, drops back to pass, he throws for Maynard, great catch on the 21 by Don Maynard. Down and in, and Atkinson pulls him down on the 21-yard line of the Raiders. Third and ten for New York on the Oakland 21. Fake handoff to Mathis, Namath in trouble, throwing, caught by Lamont. It's a touchdown for New York. The Jets are out in front now, 19 to 13. As New York has marched 80 yards for the touchdown. Let's to snap the ball down, the kick in the air, it's good. So, with 58 seconds to go in the third period, the score now reads the New York Jets, 20. The Oakland Raiders, 13. At the opening of the crucial fourth quarter, the Raiders had the ball of their own three. It's third down. LaMonica back to pass, LaMonica throwing, it is incomplete, intended for Belitnikov on the 45, broken up by Al Atkinson. And the Raiders will have to give up the football on a fourth down and five yards to go on the Raider 35-yard line. The Jets were held at their 36 and forced to punt. Six plays later, George Blanda's field goal made it Jets 20, Oakland 16. And on the Jets' first play from scrimmage after the kickoff, Namath back to pass on a first down. Namath throwing for Don Maynard. It is intercepted by Atkinson at the 30, down to the 25, the 20. He's down to the 10, the 5, and he has knocked out of bounds. Here is LaMonica handing to Banizak, Banizak to the one, to the goal line, touchdown, Banizak goes in. And with Shea Stadium in a panic, the Jets were down now, down for the first time, 23-20. But the Jets weren't panicked, they roared right back. First and ten, New York 32, Jets trailed 23-20. to 20. Namath calls a play, drops back to pass, he looks, he throws for the sideline to Sauer at the 40, Sauer is knocked out of bounds on the 41 by Willie Brown. Namath dropping back to pass He is looking, he is going to throw long for Don Maynard And Maynard makes the catch And he is dumped out of bounds on the 8 yard line A great over the shoulder catch Don Maynard against George Atkinson It is first and goal to go And the ball is now spotted on the 6 yard line Here's a fake handoff to Matt Snell Namath looking for the end zone Throwing, touchdown to Maynard Joe Namath throwing to Don Maynard he was not the un- he was not the intended original receiver. Namath was looking to his left
7: toward George Sauer, and you've got to give the offensive line credit for that one, Merle, because he had all the time in the world. If he didn't have that good pass protection. He would have never had time to change, look completely across the field to Don Maynard, see him open in the end zone and throw for a touchdown. Another fine pass by Namath, great pass
2: protection, a good catch by Maynard. A tremendously quick comeback. Here's Jim Turner's extra point. It is good. Seven minutes, 47 seconds left to play now. And the defense put it on ice. Almost 63,000 fans standing as Oakland is going to go for it. Fourth and 10 on the twenty-six. La Monica calling the play, goes back to pass, he looks. He is hit by Biggs and brought down to the 34. Biggs got him blindside. Listen to this crowd. The Jets' defense takes away the football from the Raiders. It's marked on the 32. Biggs got LaMonica blindside. Daryl never saw him coming. to play. First and 10 of the New York 13. LaMonica back to pass. Looking. Throwing a swing pass behind. He threw the ball behind Charlie Smith. It's covered by the Jets. Picking up the ball is Ralph Baker running downfield. That was a lateral pass. It was not a forward pass. That pass was thrown behind the receiver. Charlie Smith out in the right flat. Ralph Baker picked it up. and But wait a minute. Wait a minute. The ball is brought back to the 29-yard line. It is brought back to the 29 where, a here comes the ruling, the ball could not be advanced at the 29. So the Jets take the ball, two minutes left to play. Jets lead 27 to 23. Each team had the ball one more time and then the crowd took over. Four seconds, three seconds, two seconds, one second. And there it is! The Jets have won the American Football League Championship beating the defending champion Oakland Raiders 27-23, to 23, and Bedlam breaks loose at Shea Stadium.
7: Jets have just beaten the Oakland Raiders for the championship of the American Football League. It was a big day for the Jets, a big day for Ralph Baker. You had a key fumble, which of course you picked up and ran in for a touchdown, only to be called back. However, it was still an important play for the Jets, wasn't it? Right, Sam. Actually,
0: uh, they had first down and 10 yards ago on the 13-yard line. They were only four points behind, and if they would have gone in to score, they would have gone ahead. And he threw that little swing pass out there, and it was a lateral, and I picked it up, and I started running. And I thought I had a touchdown, but as it was, we just got the ball, and that was important at that point. Thank
7: you, Rob. Winston Hill, the Jets have just won the championship of the American Football League. They beat the Oakland Raiders decisively. Today, it was a great victory for the Jets and a great day for Winston Hill. I did not see Ben Davidson in that backfield one time. No, it was a great game. He didn't get in the backfield one time. Actually, for an offensive lineman, it's an individual battle. You don't really think of a team. You think of a man, don't you? Yes. You can't concern yourself with anybody's position but yourself. The fullback's job is to run through the hole if he gets the block and if uh, the circumstances presents itself so that he's able to run. But my job is to provide a way for him to run, and nobody's dependent on doing this but me. Are the Jets going to win that Super Bowl? Yes, we are. Thank you, Winston Hill. Thank you.
6: Overall, Namath throws three touchdown passes. Snell has 71 yards on the ground. Maynard leads the way with six receptions for 118 yards and two touchdowns despite the injury. Now, before we get to any of that, and I want to talk about that lateral that you mentioned as well, I want to talk about Weeb Eubank here because he's not known for showing a ton of emotion, and as you said, he wasn't exactly the best at speeches and such because he would get so excited that he would get confused or he would be befuddled or whatever, but here he shows a lot of emotion, and he's seen with tears in his eyes as you guys carry him off the field, so... What did it mean to you, number one, to win this game, but also to see how happy it made your coach?
0: Well, number one, to beat the Oakland Raiders, who we hated, we really hated. All right, was just the the best feeling, and to do that, you know, we were we we had to fight hard. That was a hard fought game. It was a tough game. It was a cold day. You, you, that we that we won it was really, really, really unbelievable. And so we to understand that. Here's a man who won the NFL World Championship, and now he's going to get a chance to win the AFL World Championship, you know, the World Championship for the AFL team. Nobody had ever done that before. And so we were happy for him, and he was happy just to win.
6: So let's talk a little bit about what happened on this day with Don Maynard and Joe Namath, but specifically Maynard. Because I think back to... I want to say it was about 15 years ago or so when Terrell Owens played in the Super Bowl and he was immensely injured but still managed to put up a terrific performance in a loss for the Philadelphia Eagles. But here Maynard is just doing what he does and doing it on this hamstring. And again, I think people don't realize how tough it is for a receiver who has to rely on speed to do something with a hamstring injury like this what did it mean to you guys as a team to see how tough Maynard was and how amazing he was in this situation despite this injury?
0: Well, number one, we knew that Don was tough, okay? And, you know, when the, the going gets tough, the tough get going, that's saying, well, he did, and he, and he was. And, uh, you know, we we knew we could count on him because we always counted on him, and, and he'd give his all. And I'll tell you, like I told you, That game against Houston, when he got knocked out, he was laying on the ground unconscious with his arms wrapped around the ball. I don't know how tough, I don't know how tough tougher anybody could be than that. So, uh, you know, we knew he had it, and uh, he showed all of us that he could come across when it really counted. And, you know, when you only get an opportunity maybe once in your life to go to a Super Bowl, I mean, he could have come right out of the grave and, and, and played that day.
6: As great as the team was overall, it seems here like Namath struggled a little bit, but then in the end it was him and Maynard like they'd done so many times being able to lead the team back to this victory. Does it seem to you and the rest of the team that Joe Namath at this point just is not going to let you guys lose? No matter what happens, Namath is just going to find a way to make sure that you guys get the win and advance, and that him and Maynard together were just more or less an unstoppable combination, no matter what anybody else tried?
0: Well, it's (laughs) Joe was our leader. He was the spiritual leader. He was the front man. He was a man that controlled our team's wins and losses in a more deliberate way than anybody could possibly. And we had plenty of faith in him. I mean, we knew... That if we gave him the time, the offensive line gave him the time to throw the ball, that with the receivers that we had and the running backs that we had, we could beat anybody. And we showed the world that we could do that.
6: And you were going to have to do that the following week in the Super Bowl. But before we get to that, I want you to tell me a little bit about that play with LaMonica. You mentioned before that failed lateral. Can you take me through that play a little bit and what was going through your mind watching it on the sidelines?
0: Well, we we were getting uh <laughs> with a lot of dampness in our messcares, uh coming down to the end of the game with very little time left. They came down the field like we weren't even standing there, like we had no defense in front of them. They really they went from the twenty to the twenty like we weren't even there, all right? And then they he calls this lateral and he flips it to Hewitt Dixon and Dixon drops it. And initially, he, he just looked down, and he he didn't realize that it went backwards. You know, he thought it was just a fumble, but it wasn't. It went backwards. And when he started to run for it, Ralph Baker had could cut him off at the pass and picked up the ball and started to run with it. He can't advance the fumble, so, they, you know, he went down, and, and then we got the ball, and we ran out the clock. And that that was the game. But, I mean, everything we did was right, and but they we could have still lost that game. That had not been for that uh, lateral and for Ralph picking it up.
6: Absolutely. It was a very tight game and the exact opposite of what happened with the Colts and the Browns as the Colts would destroy the Browns 34-0. The
5: final score was Baltimore 34, Cleveland nothing in a game that closely paralleled the championship contest of 1964. In both games, one team thoroughly dominated the other with a shutout. And once again, the teams were coached by a teacher and his former pupil. Don Shula served with Collier at Kentucky. Tom Maddy, in scoring three touchdowns, tied an NFL championship game record, which the Browns' Gary Collins achieved in the 64 game. But today, the Colts did it with their incomparable defense, which shut out a team averaging 30 points per game. Finally, the Colts took revenge for the frustrating defeat of 64 and the earlier loss this season, while erasing the memory of last year that ended without reward. This year, the rewards may never end.
6: And that would lead to you guys being the biggest underdogs in football history at that point going into the Super Bowl against the Colts. 17 points. And actually, in the opening statement to the press, Joe Namath gave the Colts bulletin board material. This is before we even get to the guarantee by saying that he thought that Daryl LaMonica of the Raiders was a better quarterback than the Colts starter Earl Morrill. Again, Joe just being Joe, right?
1: Correct. You know, Joe Joe
0: Joe says what's on his mind, not necessarily what the coaches want him to say.
6: There's part eight of our in-depth discussion on the 1968 Super Bowl season with John Schmidt, the center from that team. Some tremendous stories there about the AFL championship game, including just how sick John Schmidt himself was. I can't even imagine being able to leave my house under those conditions, let alone play center in an NFL football game. But it just shows you how tough and resilient John was and how tough and resilient players in general were back then. <laughs> it was just a completely different ball game. Phenomenal stories again from John Schmidt. I'm looking forward to getting into the Super Bowl. With him next week. We'll get into the 1969 Super Bowl. It was the Super Bowl of the 68 season, but actually happened in 69. So finally, we get to that next week here in the program. Can't wait for that. And also, can't wait for the Jets and the Houston Texans on Saturday. I know John can't either. So, John, you wanted to see the game, but you wanted to make sure that you get NFL Network. You didn't want to call the cable company, you wanted to go in person because you're an old school kind of guy and also because you're six two two sixty five and so let them tell you no in person. So is that what happened? Did they tell you no in person?
1: Uh actually no, they they didn't tell me no, Scotty, as I as I gave them my personal info, they looked up my records and boy, this is embarrassing, Scotty. This goes up there with me putting uh Hofstra in the uh top four of the uh, college football playoff when they haven't played football in years, getting uh, escorted out of ESPN, getting escorted out of, uh, Adam Schefter's front yard. Scotty, I already get the NFL Network.
6: <laughs> what? Are you serious? So you already get the NFL Network, but A, you didn't know, and B, you haven't been watching it this entire time?
1: Yes, yeah, Scotty, uh, looks like I've had the NFL Network for quite a while, uh, just apparently have never stumbled across it until now.
6: That's amazing, John. I gotta say this definitely is your most embarrassing moment. We've had a few of them here on the show. I think the Hofstra one comes close, but this has got to be number one. You had NFL Network the whole time, didn't watch it, didn't even know, and then you stormed down to the cable company like an angry version of the big show.
4: It doesn't look like you were that upset when I got fired, were you, huh? Huh? Just rolled on? Everything's fine? What do you think,
3: Santino? Is it funny now? Is it funny? <laughs>
4: Is this what you really want? If that's what you want, but I'm gonna make you a promise.
7: Let's talk about tonight and how your luck's gonna run out. I eat pieces of crap like you for breakfast. And I promise you tonight, I will knock you
5: out.
4: Forget about dancing, because after tonight,
3: you won't be walking.
6: They look at you and go, what are you talking about, sir? You already have the network. I would have been absolutely ready to crawl under the ground.
1: Uh, Scotty, not me. I walked out with my uh, head held high and told everybody in the uh, cable office to make sure they watch the uh, Jets this Saturday on the NFL Network.
6: Well, that's true, John. I guess even though it kind of is embarrassing that this happened to you, in one sense, The positive of this is that you got what you wanted, even if you had it the whole time anyway. Now you get to watch the Jets against the Houston Texans Saturday and see if Sam Darnold continues to build on his momentum. If you want to continue to support Sam Darnold, by the way, go to our store, theloyalist.com, slash turn on the Jets and pick up the Save Us Sam shirt. It's available right now. You can also get your very own Play Like a Jet shirt to support this podcast. John I believe you have 342 of them now, right?
1: Uh, Scotty, um, those numbers are a little stale. Um, After last week, I'm up to 360, so I am five away from living out the dream of having a fresh shirt for every single day for a, a year.
6: John, you're right there. You're right on the cusp with two weeks to go. I believe in you, buddy. Dreams can come true. I think you can make this happen.
1: Scotty, dreams do come true if you go uh, show up to the cable company in person. They will tell you you already have the NFL network. Dreams do come true.
6: Indeed, dreams come true even when they came true in the first place and you didn't even know about it because you had the channel the entire time. But again, all's well that ends well because you'll get to see the Jets and the Texans on Saturday. We'll have plenty to say about that next week in addition to part eight of our discussion with John Schmidt on the 1968 Super Bowl season. But in the meantime, check out the other great programs at Turn on the Jets Digital, including the Turn on the Jets podcast with Joe Caparoso. He did two episodes last week, including a solo shot where he went over the problems with the head coaching and the general manager in the front office. Well worth listening to. If you haven't checked it out yet, go ahead. And download it now. Know your foe is up with Michael Nania giving you all the intel you need for the Houston Texans game coming up on Saturday. We've got There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett, Josh Conrad, and normally Travis Milton, although Travis was in the win this week. I think he was probably getting his Golden Girls mug cleaned. That's my theory anyway. It was a great show regardless, and they actually responded to some fan comments, which was hilarious. Josh Conrad did a great job with that. So if you haven't had a listen to that yet – Go ahead and check it out. Now, we've got the pre- and post-game reports with Daryl Slater. Those are up Mondays and Fridays, although this week you'll get one on Thursday because since the game is Saturday, everything gets moved up a little bit. So that's how we're doing it this week on Turn on the Jets Digital. TOJ Film Room is up with Joe Blue and Marcus Coleman on our YouTube channel, Turn on the Jets TV. They dissect the plays in video form for two to two and a half hours. You can listen in audio format, too, but it doesn't do it justice. You really want to watch the video. If you want a Cliff Notes version, Joe Blewett comes on with me for X and o Quick Hits every week as well. But if you want the full video version where you can see Joe and 11-year NFL veteran Marcus Coleman break down the Jets' film, Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Turn on the Jets TV. John, I know that from your desk in your office in the DFW area, you're watching that a lot. And people walk by and go, isn't that Marcus Coleman from Texas Tech? And then you yell at them and say, no, that's New York Jet Marcus Coleman. Texas Tech is a distant memory.
1: Scotty, that is sure. I watched that quite a bit. And uh, perhaps now I'll mix in watching in the NFL Network now since I have it as well.
6: It's true. You can watch TOJ Film Room at Turn on the Jets TV on YouTube, and you can watch NFL Network. Who knew that you had so many options at your disposal, John?
1: Apparently not me.
6: <laughs> Quick shout-out to our producer, Alan Schechter, over at EmpireWritesBack.com. He does a tremendous job writing about New York sports. Every single New York team gets the official Alan Schechter treatment and gets thoroughly written about If you haven't had a chance to check out Alan's site yet, go ahead and do it. It's one of my favorites, and John uses it to keep him in the loop of New York sports every week, being down in the DFW area, because right now on Dallas Sports Radio, they're probably just talking about whether or not Dak Prescott should get $100 million or $200 million, right?
1: That's that's true, Scotty. Uh, Absolutely no hot stove baseball talk down here. So, luckily, we have our close personal friend, Alan, to handle all that for me to get a little taste of home.
6: Yes, sir. Now, if Alan could only find a way to send you a slice of Ramos pizza, you'd be completely set, right?
1: Scotty, uh, that's also another dream of mine.
6: Fingers crossed that we can make that happen. I've always said, if I move out of state again, i got to figure out a way to get New York pizza shipped to me. And I don't mean New York style, which is a total fraud. I mean actual New York pizza. Because I always laugh at the New York style that turns out to taste like cardboard or rubber. I want the real thing. If I'm going to eat pizza, I want the real deal, the real New York pizza, so... That is what you get from Alan Schechter as far sports coverage. You get the authentic New York pizza of sports coverage at EmpireRightsBack.com. Thanks again to John Schmidt for joining us for part eight of our in-depth discussion on the 1968 season. We will get into part nine and the Super Bowl next week. I am so excited for that. Aren't you, Bart Scott? Can't wait. Bart, thrilled to see you back on SNY this week. Missed you the week that you weren't on. I got to say, you've become a fixture of my viewing habits on SNY, and I've been listening a lot to the radio show since it's been football season. Once it gets to be about January or February, I'll probably tune you out again. But for now, you are a must listen and a must watch. So, congratulations to you on that. That's going to do it for us this week. My name is Scott Mason. My tag team partner is Big John spropolis and John. I believe you know. There's only one way that we can end this show.
1: Scotty, a pleasure as always. Um... I'll be watching the game Saturday on the NFL Network that apparently I had this whole time because now that kind of makes sense, I did have the red zone package, so I guess I got egg on my face this week again. Break, break it down. One, two, three. In the home of the Jets.
3: plus. sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win